Hi, everyone. It's Leah Mensa, Realtor Associate with the Kai's Company. And um, today I'm bringing you my podcast, Leah Mensa, Real Estate Plus, where we talk about real estate, people, business, and so much more in terms of communities and um, just, just informing you what's going on out there in our real estate markets. And so today, this is a two-part podcast, and today the interview section, I'm calling it La Pura Vida, Costa Rica, a perspective from Pat McCullough. And um, Pat is a broker of Vascara Properties in Costa Rica. So Pat, thank you for, for coming here today and welcome to my podcast. Can you just give our listeners the name of your company and your contact information? Well, like you said, uh, Leah, my name is Pat McCullough. The name of my company or brokerage here in Costa Rica is Vaquera Properties. Vaquera stands for cowgirl, a little bit of background there. Okay. You know, I love horses, so I had to find something that was really going to define who I was as far as my brand. So that's how I came up with Vaquera Properties. Uh, a being the female form of Spanish, O being the, the male. So you hear a lot of Vaquero but basically, because I'm female, it became Vaquera Properties. Um, you can reach me at my email address, pat at vaqueraproperties.com, or you can call me via a U.S. phone line, 859-309-8018. Okay, well, thank you for that. And so, Pat, can you just tell me a little bit of, about yourself in terms of how you wound up in Costa Rica? Yeah, I have a, uh, a background in business management. I spent a career owning my own company in the healthcare industry. Um, my focus is in marketing, finance, and business development. Um, I got to Costa Rica because a friend of mine who owned a travel agency, she hosted me for 10 days here. And uh, during that time, I just really fell in love with the country. It had a peaceful vibe of the people the diversity of the different climates and the terrain was, was very similar to what I grew up with. Um, I settled in this area called Guanacaste, which is up in the Pacific Northwest of Costa Rica, along the coastline. And because it especially reminds me of San Diego about 40 years ago before it got crazy busy down South Southern California. Mm-hmm. So I, I can say, I, I feel like it is a really peaceful place. I visited I think it was maybe around 2006, but my family, my husband and my, and my kids, and um, at the time the, the kids were traveling with their girlfriends who are now wives. It's just a really peaceful, fun place. So um, yeah. So can you just kind of like clarify for us where Costa Rica is located? Well, Costa Rica, unbeknownst to people, is not an island. It is in Central America. It is below Nicaragua and above Panama. And uh, when I came here, I traveled with a backpack um, after sending my last son off to college. And I initially stayed with the Costa Rican families and enrolled in school to learn Spanish. So I really had uh, what I call boots on the ground in this entire country for almost a year. Um, I used what, what people would refer to the chicken bus system, hitchhiking. I did not have a vehicle, just a backpack. Um, I I camped on beaches and sometimes in the jungle and various hostels I stayed in. So I really got to see a large part of the country in its simplest and original form. Mm -hmm. Well, you were adventurous. 
So how long have you been in Costa Rica? Well, the first trip was in 2012. Mm -hmm. And I went back and forth to the U.S. two or three times. And then I settled here six years permanently. Mm -hmm. And I also, you know, most recently in the last year built a home here. So I'm here full time. Okay, excellent. So can you just tell me a little bit about the, the life and, and the people in general in Costa Rica? Well, the people are overall peaceful and very friendly. That's what I was pretty amazed at when I was traveling with this backpack. Um, I was invited into people's homes. I was a stranger. Um, they couldn't do enough for you. Um, they have very little money here, the general population, and they were always very giving no matter, no matter what. Um, they, when you walk around and talk to people, they have a, this really kind of peaceful vibe about them. It's like you want to be in that you know, environment because it is very peaceful. The, um, there is a big city life in San Jose. Um, you can get all the accoutrements there that you can in any other big city, you know, theater, um, shopping in malls, the, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as you travel out into the country, there's mountains in some areas. Um, the more you head south, it becomes more of a jungle, tropical atmosphere. And then, of course, there's the coastline on both sides, in the Caribbean and on the uh, Pacific side. Very comfortable living, just beautiful in terms of nature and everything that it has to offer. It, it is. Um, I most recently sold a lot in the last couple of years to a couple who, of course, now they all, everybody you sell to becomes friends of yours. Sure. And they finished building the house, and then they moved here after they retired a few months ago. And the biggest complaint the woman had was all the noise in the morning from the monkeys and the birds. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like laughing about that. I was like, how could that be noise? But, you know, she was not used to that. <laughs> I do remember on the visit that we'd hear the monkeys and we're like, oh, they are pretty loud, but we're just not accustomed to hearing that sound. But I think, you know, you would become accustomed to it after a while. No, it's, it's actually music to my ears. I mean, I wake up to that sound. Isn't that much better than a, a, an alarm clock, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is the real estate market like in Costa Rica? Well, you know, when COVID hit last year, initially there was a wait and see attitude. And then within four to five months, uh, the real, real estate interests started returning. People were you know, answering emails, they were making phone calls to you. Um, several of my colleagues in the industry have done very well. When, um, you know, for me, myself, I received a lot of phone calls and inquiries from people who were looking to leave the states because of the, um, the unrest there. And then they're trying to find a more peaceful environment to live in. And then since November, Costa Rica opened its country back up on the 1st of November. Okay. And people are traveling here now. Most recently, I've shown property to um, developers okay. because they're kind of seeing the future. You know, they're thinking because people are moving and leaving the states, particularly, they want to get in on the front end and start building now to sell these houses and lots. And then I can see where they could be thinking in terms of retirement as well. People retire. Yeah. Uh, not only is this a retirement community? You know, I live up in the Pacific Northwest of the country. So um, it's in Guanacaste, it's along the coastline. Um, but there are young people, the 30 some year olds who are coming here with children permanently. 
and they're buying homes and they're, you know, because now everybody's working online. So they're buying homes and working online here and raising their children. Some, some of the young people are coming here and having their first child here, which then kind of puts you in the first line, fast lane for residency. Yes, yes. So what, what type of homes are people buying there? Uh, I had an agent the other day tell me the sweet spot was now that she's been selling. It, people are asking for four bedroom homes uh, with some type of garage or covering for the vehicle. Um, the alternative of that, because people are also looking for additional income, they're buying three bedroom homes. Okay. And then the home, the property that it sits on has room enough to build or have a casita, which is a small home, like a one or two bedroom home. And then they rent that out for additional income. Oh, okay. And so is there like any kind of um, a particular area where you're seeing this type of housing going on or is it throughout? It's, I would say that type of sweet spot, they're looking, you know, people, of course, when they first come, they want to be on the beach, oceanfront. And then there's like a reality check uh, with, with pricing. And then they kind of say, well, I want to be within, you know, a 20 minute drive of the beach. Okay. Um, but there is people who are buying inland with the cooler climates because here in Guanacaste, it's, it's very similar to uh, Southern California. It's dry. Um, it's sunny, blue skies for most of the year until about October. And then it starts raining for about a month off and on. And then by, by Thanksgiving, you know, the tourist industry picks up and everybody starts flocking here for vacations. Through okay. April. When did you say the tourist season is? The tourist season officially kicks off around Thanksgiving. Okay. And, uh, you know, you have people coming for one and two weeks at a time with family. And then January, when it's really snowing, you know, in Canada, uh, cold in Europe, and, of course, the east coast of, of uh, the U.S., then they start coming here around January quite a bit. Okay. Through April, at least through April. Through April. Mm -hmm. And then they come back again uh, during the summer months, June through August, you know, when the kids are out of school. But now, since the kids are online, I don't think that's going to apply this year. Yeah. Well, tell me about this. Um, wh where are the buyers coming from? What, where are you seeing them? There's a, there's a combination between the U.S., uh, Europe, and Canada. Um, you know, the, when the parents come with the kids, they want an international experience. So there, we have two very good uh, international schools. So there's a big international flavor. Kids come, they speak French, they speak Italian. Of course, we have the Spanish speaking already. And uh, kids who aren't familiar with an international flavor, they get a real good education in that, that sense. Okay, that's excellent. Um... And so how, I, I know Costa Rica is a Spanish-speaking country. How easy is it to adapt in terms of communicating with people? It's very easy here, uh, particularly in the tourist industry. A lot of the Spanish-speaking people going to school learning English. Um, I'd say it depends on how entrenched you want to get into the community. I do a lot of volunteer work. And so there's more of a need to learn Spanish. But for the most part, if you move here and all you speak is English, you will have a very easy time of adjusting because the majority of the population does speak English until you get into the mountains and the villages. Okay. And then um, what, are some, what are some of the kind of volunteer work that you do? I'm just curious. Well, most recently it was really fun. Um, one of the agents is a colleague of mine mm -hmm. and she has adopted a village um, outside of Potrero. 
because the woman that is like a housemaid for her cleans her house mm -hmm. um, she every year plans a Christmas party and giving gifts so a lot of the people in the area donate gifts donate food and then on a particular day before Christmas we go there and distribute them to the community oh very nice very nice I've also worked with um, after school programs, helping with homework, um, distributing food when there's, you know, like floods and things like that, you know, like crisis weather type issues. But um, it's overall, I think if you really want to get move here into this country, I think you need to entrench yourself in the community so that you get to learn the people a little bit more. And it just, for me, it really helps. Okay. And so I know you had mentioned the housing needs basically being the three bedrooms mostly or, or four bedrooms. Are, are the homes, do they tend to be smaller rooms? Are these larger rooms? What is that? What is so these, these four bedroom houses I'm talking about are 2,000, 2,200 square foot houses. So the bedrooms are a nice size. Nice size. Um, and it, of course, it also depends on what the buyer's looking for. Sometimes uh, buyers are looking for uh, a home where they can come here on vacation, but then they also want a second income. So they buy it in, in mind to do a vacation rental at, at the same time. Okay. So that's why buying the casita or the property that has a separate house is, is attractive. And then there's also, uh, excuse me, there's also um, people who are just looking for vacation rentals um, are buying condos, two and three bedroom condos. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was going to be my next question in terms of what, what is it like to, your condo market out there? You know, Miami, I'm here in the Florida area, Aventura area, and there's condos uh, everywhere. And we have actually not as many homes on the market as we'd like to have. Um, so I was just wondering, what is your market like? Well, the inventory is pretty low because people come in and snatch up those condos because they want it as a vacation rental mm -hmm. as well. Okay. Um, in the Flamingo area, where I'm kind of situated between Flamingo and Tamarindo, I live in a gated community. Mm -hmm. Flamingo, for the last couple of years, there's been an organization there building a marina. Okay. So the speculation is, is investing in property because they're thinking that the value is going to go up. And indeed it has. So like Flamingo, you might have a handful of condos available. And then the homes are farther out in the Surfside Potrero area. And again, the, the inventory is not as high as we'd like it. Sure. And so are you seeing just as great a demand for those condominiums as you are for the homes? Um, I think there's a mixture there. Uh, it depends again on what the buyer is looking for. Okay. Uh, so I can't say one way or another. Uh, it depends on what market you're focusing on. Like if, if an agent is focusing on uh, young families, then the market share there is going to be the homes. Okay. And then what about for your rental market? Rental market's a big deal. Um, I get calls to get rentals all the time. And, you know, people say, well, how do you make money there? Because, you know, initially I was retired. Mm -hmm. um, anything to do with land and property industry. So if you want to come here and get into the rental property, arena there's you know there's lots to do as far as collecting different properties working with the owners doing the marketing to get the property out there rented in airbnb vrb owned by your own social media platforms okay very fascinating and, and so can these rentals be like long-term rentals or is it yes. like 
there's a combination of short-term and long-term rentals depending on what the client wants um long-term rentals of course are nice to have because it's not as much of a turnover your short-term rentals uh yield you a bigger amount of you know money during the high season but then sometimes after the high season they sit there quiet so you know again it depends on the income that the client wants to make and what they mm -hmm. purchase and, and i guess just for our listeners just to clarify that short and long-term um, rentals short term is defined anything less than two months mm -hmm. and then the two and then the long term i think that's going up to at least a, a year a, up to a year a lot of people come here um like the young people come here and they want to take a year sabbatical mm -hmm. so they come here during the school year so they'll arrive in august and they'll leave the following uh, July. Okay. And people have spent a year here for their children to experience um, an international school system. That's excellent. I love that. So, um, so compared to like 2019 and 2020, what's the difference, um, if any, that you are seeing in the in Costa Rica market in terms of, of the number of sales and, and the amount of time to close on the market? Well, closing here is pretty, pretty quick. Um, you can close a house here within 30 days. And of course, uh, most of the uh, sales are cash only. Uh, sometimes you will find a seller who's willing to finance, you know, up to three years, but it's generally a 50% down and a high interest, 9%. You cannot finance here with the local Costa Rican banks if you are not a resident. It takes three years to become a resident. Oh. Um, so that's the financing side. So in 2019, because the economy was doing well in the U.S., Costa Rica kind of follows the U.S.'s economy. Mm -hmm. uh, real estate was get, was just doing great. Okay. And then, of course, when uh, COVID hit in 2020, people were kind of in the wait and see attitude. Uh, but then after four or five months, it started picking up again. And the, the market share for people who are buying real estate now in 2020 is the people generally who have uh, income that they can uh, purchase a second home. Um, another strategy that people use is the home that they own, they take out a, a second mortgage on, of course, because in the US, the, the interest rates are very low and they use that cash to get their foot in the door here to buy a home or a condo. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they transition into full-time here in Costa Rica. They transition into what? Full-time living here in Costa Rica. Okay, and so then in doing that, do they become residents there? You said after two years? You apply for residency. You can get your residency here three ways. Um, as a pensionado, which is people who, who have social security income. Mm -hmm. um, you can apply here as an inversiones, which is an investor. Uh, so the minute that you buy a property or a home that's over 200,000, you're considered an investor. Okay. And the third way you can buy it is you can deposit $60,000 into a bank account here and then draw down on it over five years. You know, it's about $2,500 a month. And they do that to ensure that whoever's coming is not taking jobs away from Costa Rican people. Okay. okay. So they want somebody to produce an income mm -hmm. to show income. Okay. And then um, I guess you have mentioned COVID a few times. And of course, that's been the problem worldwide. How, how hard were you guys affected with the COVID-19? Well, the government here, in my view, has done very well with it. Um, when it first hit the world, they shut everything down. 
They were very impressive. They shut all the restaurants, the bars, the beaches, even the liquor stores. And because um, during certain times of the year, you know, Easter was coming up, families from San Jose come to the coastline. You know, it's an annual family vacation. So shut all that down. So invariably then there was no visits. They also limited uh, your vehicle driving twice, depending on the, the number of your license, limited you driving certain days. Okay. But with all that being said, and they, and they initi- initiated a mask mandate. So if you were anywhere in a public setting, you had to wear a mask, like going grocery shopping. They didn't want you on the streets unless you had to go grocery shopping or to the pharmacy. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And so that lasted a couple of months. And then they slowly started opening up the restaurants and pubs and the beaches. They opened the beaches up, you know, till two o'clock in the afternoon. And over time, oh, and then they limited no U.S., uh, you know, the flight, what I call the flight air, be- air um, borders were mm-hmm. limited to any country coming in. There was no, nobody was allowed flying in here. And they closed, yeah, they closed the airports basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they were allowing the expats to leave, but you, you know, you couldn't come back unless you were a resident. You had to have your residency card. Mm -hmm. Um, So then it progressed and little by little they opened up. So then November 1st, as you know, they opened up the air borders to the U.S. and the other countries. Mm -hmm. And so people little by little have been coming in for vacations. Now, what's interesting here in the real estate business is people were still buying houses during this time and they were buying it via video. So if I got a phone call and somebody was interested in a three bedroom house on the coastline, you know, in a certain budget, I would go to that house with a FaceTime. Yes. Uh, you know, on my cell phone and walk through the house, get offers. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it was amazing. The same year, and it, we were all just really been, have been surprised at how well, you know, the technology part aspect of has kicked in there for us. I mean, the, it's been there in the past, but we've seen definitely a, a greater degree of use of technology in terms of closings online even. Do you guys do closings online there as well? We, uh, we do not. We do closings in the attorney's office, and they use a sister company that is very familiar in the United States. STLA is one of the big escrow company holders, and they, you know, send the, the buyer a list of documents that they have to have and all that's scanned and sent to them. Yeah. Um, if you are not a resident, you can buy a house in your own name, regardless if you're a resident or not. Uh, the attorneys recommend a corporation because in the corporation, you can name somebody to do business for you, like close the property, okay. um, pay property taxes and, and corporate taxes every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not necessary. Right. Um, then you can get a limited power of attorney from your attorney here mm-hmm. um, sent to do the closing. Uh, it's very... The laws and the restrictions here are very similar to the U.S. and in some cases more strict because they want to ensure that this is not drug money coming into the country. And so they require quite a bit of documentation. Absolutely. And then um, I guess um, this question comes to mind. How how are you guys in terms of um, property management? Do you see a lot of that going on in terms of management? yeah, lots of that's going on. I also do property management and mm-hmm. you know, what that entails is everything from, you know, cleaning the house to welcoming the guests to doing the gardening, any uh, maintenance, what, you know, typical property management oversight. Yeah. 
Well, Pat, it's, it's just been a pleasure to talk with you and to get your insights. Now, is there anything else you care to share with me about the Costa Rica market? Well, I, I would recommend anybody coming here. I think the it's, I wanted to also say the system here is democratic, mm -hmm. is stable government. Uh, it's the same system as the U.S. with the exception that they limit the terms uh, of the House and the Senate and the president. So you can only run uh, and be the president or a representative for four years. You can run again, but you have to wait four years before you run again. So it gets rid of that career um, politics, and it, it really, I think, helps this country um, overall. The, yeah. um, the country in general, um, of course, I've retired here full time, and this is going to be the last house I'm going to be living in. My family loves it. They come here. Friends come here. Um, it's a grid. It's an easy flight. Uh, you can get here to Costa Rica in less time than you can fly from San Diego to Baltimore. So it's like a five and a half hour flight, you know, depending on where you're located. But other than that, I say welcome. Give me a call. You can reach me at 859-309-8018 or my email, pat at vacataproperties.com. Well, Pat, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate having you today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you now. I want to welcome you to the second part of this podcast. I am not dispensing legal advice. I want to tell you happy um, Martin Luther King Day. I would like to, I am reading from a portion of the Housing and Urban Development website. And the website is https www.hud.gov backslash sites backslash documents backslash in capitals F-H-E-O underscore booklet underscore E-N-G dot PDF. This is a um, downloadable document about fair housing. And I'll go ahead and um, share that with you. Fair housing, equal opportunity for all America in every way represents equality of opportunity for all persons. The rich diversity of its citizens and the spirit of unity that binds us all symbolize the principles of freedom and justice upon which this nation was founded. This is why it is extremely disturbing when new immigrants, minorities, families with children, and persons with disabilities are denied the housing of their choice because of illegal discrimination. The Department of Housing and Urban Development, in parenthesis, HUD, end of parenthesis, enforces the Fair Housing Act, which prohibits discrimination and the intimidation of people in their homes apartment buildings and condominium developments in nearly all housing transactions, including the rental and sale of housing and the provision of mortgage loans. Equal access to rental housing and home ownership opportunities is the cornerstone of this nation's federal housing policy. Housing providers who refuse to rent or sell homes to people based on race, 
color, national origin, religion, sex, familial status, or disability are violating federal law, and HUD will vigorously pursue enforcement actions against them. Housing discrimination is not only illegal, it contradicts in every way the principles of freedom and opportunity we treasure as Americans. HUD is committed to ensuring that everyone is treated equally when searching for a place to call home. And again, that is a downloadable um, PDF document with additional content. And following is an overview from the National Association of Realtors, also known as NAR, concerning fair housing. And I am a member of the National Association of Realtors. NAR opposes discrimination in housing based on race, color, religion, sex, handicap, familiar status, sexual orientation, gender identity, and national origin. This policy is embodied in NAR's code of ethics. NAR also authorizes sanctions in response to a finding that a member has violated any fair housing law, including local and state laws that prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. NAR policy is to support equal opportunity on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity and the NAR Code of Ethics was amended in 2010 and 2013 to include this updated policy in the Code of Ethics. On November 13, 2020, NAR's Board of Directors strengthened Realtors' commitment to upholding fair housing ideals, approving a series of recommendations from NAR's Professional Standards Committee that extend the application of Article 10 of the Code of Ethics to discriminatory speech and conduct outside of members' real estate practices. And this concludes my podcast for today. Thank you for listening. I am Leah Mensa, Realtor Associate with the Kais Company, providing you with valuable real estate services, reach out to me. You can go to my website at www.leahmensa.kais.com. Thank you and have a great day, everyone.